0: good morning everyone i'm blaine gilmer welcome into southeastern 14 this is the sec morning report we come to you each and every weekday morning monday through thursday at 10 o'clock eastern nine o'clock central then on friday it switches over to jake's takes with jake crane of crane and company from the daily wire we appreciate everyone tuning in right here like subscribe turn on notifications because it is time it is monday and time to tell you what we learned from each of these sec teams in this previous week of course we won't be talking about tennessee or south carolina they were on bye weeks auburn also was on by uh, maybe someone else that I'm not even thinking of right now, but we will go through every team that played in week six as we ramp up for week seven guys. We appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoy this content and you think it would be a good fit for your business, somebody that would target the, the, audience that loves SEC football or SEC sports in general, then hit up caroline.smith at southeastern14.com, and you can find out how to partner with us and be an MVP for Southeastern 14. And, guys, speaking of MVPs, well, the MVP, and we always go in alphabetical order, uh, the MVP for the Alabama Crimson Tide was Jalen Milrow. Uh, we, we saw that Jalen Milroe went on the road – in a very hostile environment, faced a very active defensive front, was taken out of his his game of being able to run the football like he wanted to, and Alabama was uh, in general as well, and he was able to produce and was able to take advantage of opportunities given to him by that back end of that Texas A&M defense. That, that secondary is suspect back there. We saw that as a team that they went down to Miami – uh, earlier on in the season and lost to that Miami team. Tyler Van Dyke just absolutely lit him up like a Christmas tree. That's the same Miami team that just got beat by Georgia Tech at home this past week as well. Um, so big problems there in the secondary for Tech A&M, but Jalen Milrow specifically what we learned about Alabama is they were able to protect him well enough. The offensive line showed some improvement, even though there was uh, a lot of, a lot of pressure from from Texas A and M guys. There was a lot of times where Texas A and M got after Milro. You're talking about six sacks, but when it came down to it, uh, they were able to protect him just well enough so he could get off some of those some of those big throws, uh, and that he could make plays with Jermaine Burton. And Jermaine Burton is a guy that lots of people, uh, you know. Maybe they don't like his antics or things like that, how he goes about doing stuff. But Jermaine Burton continually finds himself open down the field, uh, makes big plays. Him and Isaiah Bond are, you know, the, really the top weapons here for Alabama as they're being the most consistently targeted and the guys that that uh, Milroe finds down the field. I think Tommy Reese did a good job of, of tailoring this game too. Uh, Milroe's strengths, and he's getting better and better at putting the ball down the field um i think still on the defensive side of the ball there was some plays uh to to be made for for texas a&m but man the pressure that alabama generates on that side of the ball and and the way that they were able to get after max johnson didn't allow him to see some of those things that that were that were possibly open down the field you got uh, Deontay Lawson, who was coming back off of injury and just played tremendous. Uh, also, the 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 way that Caleb Downs has fortified that secondary back there. You know, they they struggled at the safety positions a little bit last year, but man he comes up with a big interception. Also, uh, five tackles on the day. He's just a guy that, as a true freshman, is is a cut above everyone else that that comes into the league and kind of has to buy their time and and get used to things but no he he's making changes to a already really good Alabama defense and he came in there and has really fortified that back end. also you know when you got a guy in the middle that can patrol like that that it, it also makes you better on the outside we know Kool-Aid was doing doing well already Terry on Arnold has played really well for this defense so uh you know whether whether guys it it's People like Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell off the edge. We know what they can do. You got Deontay Lawson playing at an unbelievable level. This Alabama defense is really, really good, and I think they're playing complementary football right now. Now, with Alabama, uh, you got your your eyes set on, okay, in a couple weeks there's in this couple-week span, you've got Arkansas at home and then Tennessee at home before bye week, and you get LSU at home. So three straight home games that Alabama is going to get here. Can Jalen Milrow continue to play at a high level and gain confidence with these receivers going forward? Uh, they do need to run the football better, though, because still at times, uh, Milroe he, he got caught uh, by A&M disguising a coverage on him, and, and – and a safety rolled down and picked one off on him so um, we'll see see what happens there but when it comes down to it you have to be able to have balance and they're getting more and more balance not the fact that hey they they had 50-50 production out of the run in the past but when they needed to be able to pass the ball then when they couldn't run it effectively Melrose stepped up and did that so I thought those were that's what happened with Alabama there uh, let's talk about arkansas and i'll go ahead and put the graphic up for those two teams because they play this week uh we'll we'll turn over this to the arkansas razorbacks kj jefferson guys continues to just play his guts out i mean he he plays plays hard uh just too many mistakes for for arkansas at the end of the day um you know they 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 got a little bit better on the offensive line particularly in the in the second half uh, i think mean, they sh- shift some guys around and you know are getting a little bit better production there but there's just lacks an element of explosiveness out of this offense i don't know i don't know what it's going to take for dan Enos and and kj jefferson and company to be able to get some of that explosiveness out of it i mean they've got to find out is that something that Isaiah Setegna could provide. I mean, they've got to find more of a deep threat, and also just being able to only run the football for 36 yards against an Ole Miss team uh, that is not exactly the 85 Bears on defense. That's just something that you've got to do do better, and you got to find a way to produce. Um, I just don't know that. I don't know that you can realistically expect to win a football game in the SEC, only rushing for for that, that low amount of yards. Now, we know Alabama just did it, okay, uh, r- rushing for a very small amount against Texas A&M. But when you're rushing for under 50 yards in a game, you're just putting a lot on your quarterback, and eventually mistakes are going to be made. Did have a couple picks in this game. Yeah, but we need to see somebody that is more of a explosive threat out of that offense. I don't know uh, where exactly it's going to come from. Um, but, hey, Arkansas has got to continue to to grind here uh, because now they've got to go, as we just mentioned, in this game on the road to Alabama, a place they haven't won in a long time. And Sam Pittman and company have got to fight to to show that this program is going to continue to fight. So definitely learn that Arkansas can play with – just about anybody, guys. We saw what they did on the road now twice, uh, competing against really good teams like LSU, uh, like Ole Miss. Okay, Texas, Texas AM, that one got away from them in between. But now which team will show up? Will they be able to limit Alabama's run game and 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 limit explosive plays? I thought the defense actually held pretty well, only allowed 153 passing yards to a Jackson Dart and company that have played really well. They did uh, allow Quinshaw Jenkins uh, and Ulysses Bentley to get going, particularly Bentley had 94 yards on the ground for Ole Miss. But, uh, you know, it's just like, hey, can when one side of the ball plays well, can, can the other one match it up that night? Got to get complimentary play if you're Arkansas and find ways to help K.J. Jefferson out because the guy can't do it all himself. Now, as we go go down, uh, Auburn did not play. They'll play this week uh, in a matchup against LSU. My only question for Auburn is, in the bye week, did they come up with a plan uh, for Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford? They didn't use Robbie Ashford as much as I thought they should have in that Georgia game, particularly what he was doing. Um, You know, you got to have a better plan for those guys and be able to figure out, what's best for your offense is it just go with Robbie Ashford period. So I'm excited to see what happens there for this Auburn team as they will be heading in to LSU later this week. Now let's talk about Florida. Florida had a bunch of injuries, a uh, bunch of guys that didn't play Trevor Etienne didn't play. Um, you had a didn't play. Austin Barber was held out. So, Guys, we I don't think we learned a whole lot about this Florida team against Vanderbilt. Sometimes you just got to win and survive, win and move on, and that's what they did. Um, you know, Trayon Webb stepped up at running back and and did some good things, so that was good for them to to see him get some get some production there. Montre Johnson looked great. Uh, Graham merch was was efficient once again and, and continues to. Make the plays that he should make against inferior competition. In particularly, now he's got to step up and do it uh, when it counts, especially on the road. Um, not tremendous against Kentucky a couple of weeks ago, but he looked great in this game. And now he's going to have to go to Columbia, South Carolina, and you know put together four quarters of play on the road and. Listen, Florida's going to have to be able to run the ball on the road. Uh, we know that Florida can run the ball. We know that Florida can run the ball even with backup offensive linemen for the first part, as they did in this game. Now, Vanderbilt is atrocious at stopping the run, and Florida didn't just start off this game like a like a house on fire. I mean, they didn't they didn't do tremendously great right from the jump, but they ended up having a lot of balance, almost 500 yards of offense, 280 yards. Rushing two hundred eighty yards passing two hundred fifteen yards rushing for the Gators and like I said Montrell Johnson looked really good uh, doing things for him eighteen carries one hundred thirty five yards and and like I said Treyon Webb is a guy who was highly recruited he was uh, he was committed to Georgia for a long time ends up uh, flipping to Florida before it was all said and done so he gets some experience with Etienne out of this one but uh, like I said Graham Mertz I think he's playing playing really well the defense, I don't know how much you learned going up against uh, going up against Vanderbilt. Ken Sills had a decent day for him um, over there but I think Florida has got to continue to tr- find ways to turn people uh, turn people over. Um, they got, they've got to be more efficient on getting uh, getting people off the field and they did that this in this game. That's what I think you got to be most encouraged about Vanderbilt held to one out of 10 on third downs. Uh, Only converted 1 of 10, uh, 0 of 3 on fourth down. So that is being elite at getting off of the field. I don't care who you're playing. That's an encouraging sign for Austin Armstrong's defense. And uh, we'll see what the Gators have going forward as they travel to Columbia this week. The Georgia Bulldogs. Here's what we learned about the Georgia Bulldogs. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk junk about the king, if you're gonna if you're gonna come at the king, you better not miss. They're gonna bring it on you in a hurry. And Georgia absolutely laid the smackdown on Kentucky at home. I was there to witness that game and it was absolutely surgical what Carson Beck, Mike Bobo, Brock Bowers, Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint did to that Kentucky defense. Anything they wanted was wide open. I mean, Carson Beck had all day to throw. He sat back there, he just went through his progressions and ripped Kentucky apart. And this is a good Kentucky football team. You're talking about a, a football team that defensively is is structured a lot of the same way that that Georgia does things in terms of how they play, play physical and and, and the point of attack and get hats to the ball and all that kind of stuff and you typically don't see people running wide open on a Brad White defense, but Georgia was able to – Mike Bubba was able to manipulate those guys with the play action because Georgia was able to run the ball a lot better than they had in previous games. Um, you know, Kendall Milton actually looked healthy and looked good in this one, which is something that I think is a big for Georgia. If they can have a change up off of uh Dejan Dajon Edwards, Dajon Edwards continues to run the ball very very well and look look really good doing it. But Carson Beck guys is a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate. This guy has thrown for almost 1900 yards, 11 touchdowns to three interceptions on the year's completing 74% of his passes and has already had two big comeback wins for Georgia this year. He's already had you know, Heisman-type moment in that in that Auburn game at the end, being able to to lead the, that drive for them, and now comes out and just absolutely torches Kentucky. Like I said, it was a complete effort. Uh, Georgia's defense, I thought, played really well. They still had a couple of miscues in terms of not being able to contain things and allowing people to get outside of them, um, you know, on the edges there. But when you're playing as, as aggressively as Georgia – As Georgia does, that's going to happen from time to time, I I suppose. But they really limited Ray Davis and were just way more physical at the point of contact and more physical than that Kentucky team consistently this week. And that's just a huge win for the team in general to finally come out and and look and play like everybody thinks Georgia should look and play. Has to do a lot for the confidence and the morale uh, with that team as now they head on the road. Uh, to Vanderbilt, and then they will have a bye week before the cocktail party on October 28th, and then a brutal stretch run. Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, all of those teams uh, playing pretty good ball right now, including Georgia Tech, who beat Miami on the road. So, uh, Georgia's priming up for a big run after the, the bye week that is going to be a brutal schedule. And if they play like they played this past week, I don't care who it is they're playing, they're gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna be in the SEC championship game is what we learned if they continue to play at this pace because Georgia finally looked like Georgia and Carson Beck is a, like I said, legitimate Heisman contender. Now Kentucky, I don't think we learn a whole lot from Kentucky other than they're not on Georgia's level yet. We knew this, okay? We knew that they didn't have the, the horses to, to run that race. I told everybody coming in to the week that, hey, when you got two teams that are very similar in their style of play and how they go about doing things and want to be physical at the point of attack, and it's on the road, a night game, at the defending back-to-back national champions who haven't had a night game in forever, you're walking into a buzzsaw. And that's what happened. And they weren't able to execute on some of the the opportunities that they did have. There were a few plays open down the field that Devin Leary has to hit, and he just absolutely didn't. He can't be accurate enough this year. It's it's just not in him. I don't know what's going on, but he's not able to make the plays that he needs to make for this Kentucky team to be as successful as it can be against really, really high-quality teams. We saw it all throughout the beginning part of the year. You guys, nobody was bigger thinking – a proponent of Devin Leary thinking how that much was going to – how much that was going to benefit this offense with Liam Cohen, with Dane Key, uh, with all those receivers over there, Robinson, Brown. But it has not come to fruition. Ray Davis has been great. He's been trying to do everything he can, but you can't run the football exclusively against teams – that are as dominant up front as a Georgia defense is. So Kentucky has to bounce back. They got to come back at home. Hopefully, uh, for their sake, people are healthy. You know, Trevin Wallace left the game with a shoulder injury. Keyshawn Silver also had a sh- shoulder inj- injury and didn't return. Barry and Brown has a hamstring problem. So they are beat up with Missouri coming into town. But Kentucky, if you are – the, the the Wildcats, you learned that, hey, you have to be able to execute in the passing game to be able to help out Ray Davis. And Devin Leary is unable to do so. They also weren't able to protect him very, very well at times, especially when they get behind the the chains, when the picture is not a third and manageable, where the run game is an option involved. And Georgia was able to pin their ears back and bring in that, that package of, of linebackers uh, on on third and long to be able to rush the passer. That's just not Kentucky's strength. And if they're having to play from behind like that, they're they're in a little bit of trouble. So Kentucky needs to continue to try to start fast in these games, control things uh, with the run, and and play better defensively. They got lost guys against Brock Bowers. There was too many times that that Mike Bobo just played chess when they when Brad White and Mark Stoops were playing checkers. It seemed and how they were covering. Uh, Brock Bowers and how they were losing some of these these receivers down the field so not your typical performance by Kentucky I don't think we learned a ton about them because like I said I don't think it was a they it was a a, a fair fight really they were going into this matchup and it was they were they were outclassed uh, from the beginning and I think some of the hype was a little unrealistic after that performance versus Florida but now they get a chance to really win a game that can, can be a big deal for the program and set them up. I, listen, I predicted them to go 10-2 and two before the season. If you want to win those 10 games in the regular season, Kentucky's got to win this one against Missouri going forward. So that is what we learned about the Kentucky Wildcats. The LSU Fighting Tigers went into Columbia, Missouri and took down the Missouri Tigers and now they'll have another battle with a Tigers team with Auburn coming in this week. But what we learned about LSU is quite simply that I think this is the best offense in the country. Uh, it's going to be tough for any defense to totally stop them, as the late, great Stuart Scott used to say. You can't hope to stop them. You can only hope to contain them, okay, because that's, that's just not going to happen. Uh, you're not going to stop them. You can only hope that you can limit the damage that Jaden Daniels is able to do. Uh, he had a tremendous performance with his legs, also was able to light it up, you know, throwing like uh, once again. Logan Diggs has become such a vital part of what LSU is able to do offensively. Um, guys, there was a time where Jaden Daniels, you know, specifically most of last year, early this year, had to do every single thing for this team was the leading rusher uh he of course was was not was having to run things at, at, on the quarterback end as well but now they have balance and they have a guy who can take a little bit of that burden off of Uh, Logan dig off of Jaden Daniels and Logan Diggs, And he's a patient runner, but he's also physical when he needs to be. I think that's a really, really big added element. Uh, We know how talented Malik neighbors is. He continues just to torture posing teams. Um, But the thing about it is, is defensively, they are still horrendous. Uh, They gave up 527 yards of, of offense to Missouri. They get guys lost in, zone coverage they get beat in man coverage uh you go look at the the stat sheet for them and you see a lot of guys in the secondary with with uh you know lead them in tackles a lot that's because that's where most of the the plays are are being made back there people are getting into their secondary with regularity uh missouri was able to to run the ball on them pretty effectively with cody schrader um at times and and hey you just have to be able to play more gap sound and have more less bust on the back end. Uh, there's too much talent on the front end of that LSU defense to not be able to not be able to make better, more stops when needed. However, you got to give them credit: a big turnover on downs at one point, and also two interceptions. That this defense, while they did not play great, they stepped up. When they needed to in key moments, uh, Major Burns able to have that pick six there, and then Harold Perkins. That pick by Harold Perkins was huge. Uh, could be a in terms of if LSU is able to, you know, run the run the table if they were to beat Alabama at at home. People will look back at that play that Harold Perkins made when um, Missouri when Missouri was able to have I think twenty two to ten lead at the time and they were pushing for more points and Harold Perkins drops back and, and picks off Brady cook. That'll be a big play that people look at going forward because what a effort, uh, what an effort that was. And then that led to points for LSU. So that's what we learned about the LSU Tigers is that, Hey, Jaden Daniels and this offense may be the best one in the country, but the defense has a long, long way to go for them to be able to play Complimentary football and they still uh, aren't that great on special teams either so Brian kelly got work to do as they head forward two Week seven with auburn coming into town mississippi state they just kind of did what they needed to do against uh, western michigan you know won that won that football game but the biggest thing is is will rogers uh, goes out with an injury how long is he going to miss what's the status of that um, going forward that's going to be a big deal Uh, for Mississippi State now the good news for them is they have a bye week maybe it's nothing too too serious and he can get back by the time they have to travel to Arkansas but you just hate it for him and hope that he's able to finish out this year as much as he's meant to that Mississippi State program over there Um, you know I think that I think that Mike Wright will be just fine. They'll be; they'll have to change things, what they do a little bit in terms of you know him him being more involved in in the run game, things like that. Um, but you know, hey, when it comes to Mississippi State, they're still finding it seems like an identity uh, offensive wise. They they they're trying to run the football a little bit better, um, and then you know, I think that that we know what you're going to get out of Zach Arnett's defense. You're going to get a defense that. Sometimes is athletically overmatched, but they play very, very hard and and they they go you know for for four quarters and try to try to make plays over there and and uh, now everybody's got to rest up and try to get healthy for Mississippi State as they head in to the rest of their SEC schedule after the bye week and that will start with Arkansas for them um, Missouri guys uh, that we just talked about against LSU Brady Cook. Played tremendous uh, for most of that game. He put up nearly 400 yards passing, uh, but did throw two picks, two very crucial picks that I think, obviously, the pick six, it is what it is at the end, and he was just kind of uh, forcing things, trying to get a drive started there, But and that you're backed up in your own territory. You know, that is what it is. But the pick at right before, uh, late in the sec- second quarter, that harold perkins got and then they were able to get points off of it in lsu uh that's one that you can't have they missed uh, missed a key kick they they didn't convert on on fourth down uh one time that, that really hurt them so i think you know you had to know coming into this game that you were gonna have to trade blows with that lsu offense and play almost perfect football they didn't run the ball as well as they wanted to i know cody schrader had over 100 yards on the day but i think if you would you know ask you that they'd want to be a little bit more efficient in the run game even though they had a big day uh throwing the football around the yard like i said lose their burden continues to be be a freak and he's getting uh, you know, some complimentary weapons there that are really stepping up with Mookie Cooper. And I thought Theo Weese has really came along quite well over the last couple of weeks, especially the former Oklahoma, uh, you know, standout that now is doing his thing for Missouri over there. So overall, I think the, the offensive line, is doing a pretty good job of helping out uh, Brady Cook. They kept him clean uh, for most of the most of the day. Had two, only gave up two sacks on the day. And the, listen, when you're going against a front as aggressive as uh, LSU's and, and as talented as LSU's, and that's a good job by your offensive line. But I do think they need to find a little bit more balance and being able to run the football a little bit better. Uh, so Brady Brady Cook doesn't have to feel like he's got to force things, especially. Uh, you know, in in tight situations there towards the end. Gives them a little bit more more balance, opens up the the, the playbook a little bit more if you're able to do that. But Luther Burden, Theo Weese, Mookie Cooper, uh, they're really playing quite well. And I think this Missouri team now gets the the benefit of going up against a Kentucky team that's a little bit banged up. Uh, so can they go on the road and play at a high level as they go to Kentucky and kind of flush this LSU Loss because a lot of the goals and stuff are still out there ahead of Missouri as they head to Kentucky and Kentucky the same thing. So I'm looking forward to that matchup and seeing what's going on there. Now, let's talk about Old Miss Old Miss played that Arkansas team that we talked about earlier. They didn't click offensively as well as they would have liked, but they were able to run the football well enough to be able to get things going. I think that defense and the way that it – uh contained you know rocket sanders kj jefferson the run game really just continued to make arkansas's offensive line look bad i think you have to have to love that if you're lane kiffin Uh love that you can win a game where you don't have your your fastball so to speak uh offensively and that just shows a little bit more completeness of a program uh showed you know toughness albeit at home um so I think you know when it comes down to it, Lane Kiffin and company not exactly maybe the the level of play that they wanted to wanted to get out of uh, Jackson Dart and, and those and those rebel rebel playmakers over there. But at the end of the day, a win is a win, and they were able to be very very good defensively after you know not a great effort um, against LSU. Just a couple weeks ago. So I think when you're talking about this, this Ole Miss team, uh, you know, are you able to play complimentary football at times when you need to? And they did. Now, the question for Ole Miss is okay. How is Jackson Dart? I know he's banged up a little bit. Trey Harris is banged up a little bit. They didn't, they they weren't playing quite at full speed. Only sixteen of twenty-five for Jackson Dart uh, through the air, one hundred fifty-three yards. So not your typical performance of a Lane Kiffin offense. There, uh, we know their identity is they want to run the football first, but then they're typically explosive behind that in the passing game. Weren't able to be that. So we'll see see how they do going forward Uh, I know this is an Ole Miss team that is quite confident I know they're kicking themselves how they played against Alabama now they get that bye week to recover a little bit before they have to go on the road to Auburn in a couple weeks so uh, Lane Kiffin and company sitting here with just one loss at the midway point of the season I think if you injected truth serum into anybody over there at Ole Miss they would say they would take that but obviously they feel they could easily be undefeated right now and they have an opportunity to heal up and, and get um, get in a great position going forward as this stretch run uh, heads down. And they've got big games coming up in that second half of the season with Auburn, Texas A&M, Georgia, all that in the back end of that schedule. So rest up Ole Miss because a gauntlet is coming in your direction over there. South Carolina, once again, a bye week. They didn't play this week. So, Listen, there couldn't be a bigger game, I don't think, for Shane Beamer and company coming up. Can they get healthy was the big question. I don't know if Juice Wells has gotten any closer to being able to play with that foot. Ja'Kai Moore, is he able to go? Um, so hopefully they were able to to rest up and get a little bit healthy and get a Big game plan for Florida coming in because this is a huge game just for momentum uh, and the the trajectory of this program. They're recruiting well, things like that, but they need to get some momentum back on the field. And Shane Beamer has a big opportunity to, to do that this week as Florida is coming into town. And you know it'll just be a it'll be a crazy environment as always. Um, Spencer Rattler, can they help him out a little bit? That's always the question with South Carolina. But I think we'll learn more with press conferences today and stuff on people's availability, on their health, all that kind of stuff. But getting a Jacob Moore, maybe even a Casey Henry, somebody like that, can they get any of those offensive linemen back uh, and help get some depth there up front? That would be huge. Tennessee, uh, like we said, they were they were on a bye week, so we didn't have an opportunity to learn anything there. The biggest thing is we're going to learn, just like I said, with South Carolina uh, – Is Tennessee fully healthy? You know, they got to get Cooper Mays going 100%. He came back in the last game, provided a little bit of a boost there on that offensive front. Um, They've had, you know, Jalen Wright's been banged up at times. Uh, Deontay Thornton has got to come back from injury. So I think that'll be the biggest thing is how healthy is Tennessee going forward. Um, And we'll find that out as uh, Josh Heupel and, and company have their press conferences there in Tennessee this week. We'll find out a little bit more information about who is healthy and ready to go texas a&m i thought they were tremendously disruptive up front i mean of course six sacks against alabama limited them they had negative alabama had negative 13 yards rushing at halftime but just gave up too many big plays on the back end you can't continue to lose jermaine burton back there uh shades of what they did against miami as we talked about earlier so not not a great look for um a m in the secondary back there, DJ Durkin and company have to get that fixed because they're going to face some teams in the second half of the year that, uh, that have the ability to throw the football, and that starts with on the road at Rocky Top this week. We know Joe Milton, uh, you know, when accurate, can can put that thing out there a mile. So they're going to have to prevent big plays, and we're going to have to learn can Max Johnson uh, play just a little bit a little bit cleaner OK, Max Johnson, at times there were there were some guys open. Uh, I know there was a bunch of pressure that Alabama had. They pressured him hard uh, and and didn't didn't allow him to have a clean picture a lot of times. But and Max Johnson makes some plays. Uh, you know, he's a guy that you're going to see him. You're going to see him make some plays, but he's also going to miss a few things. Had a key interception um and and just a couple open receivers that if he if he had to do over again i know that he would love to either pull the trigger on when he didn't throw it uh or that he would hope to be a little bit more accurate on and I smith just continues to be like a video game uh you know cheat code type deal on punt returns and then and then he he's uh very productive in the passing game as well I, my question is do you start using I smith at running back a little bit just find. Different ways to get him touches. They haven't been very, very effective running the football this year. Not overly effective. So, got to find ways to be creative. I think Tennessee is a very disruptive defense. So, uh, can the offensive line hold up? They only, guys, they only um, are 60th in the country uh, when it comes to havoc allowed. So, they they allow a lot of negative plays at times. Defensively, Texas ms front is so good it's so good, guys. Uh, Adrian Cooper is playing at a just next world level, three sacks on the day. Uh, Fadil Diggs, another couple of sacks for him. Walter Nolan had a sack. Um, he came off the field at one point banged up. I think he did re-enter that game. So we'll see how he does there. But really, it's just that back end for, for Texas A&M. Can they prevent from having bust? You got hit with a couple double moves at times. Um, so Texas A&M, you know, a huge, huge, can you not let Alabama beat you twice is the question here. Um, but I think what main thing we learned is this is a tough Texas A&M team. They're very talented and they're they're not far off from being right there at the very upper echelon of the SEC. So this is a great test to go on the road. Uh, couldn't get it done at home against Alabama. So can you prevent Alabama from beating you twice as you head into where the volunteers are going to be playing. Then Vanderbilt, guys, I don't have much to say against Vanderbilt. They just, until they get more talent in that program, they're not going to be able to compete consistently in the SEC, and now they have Georgia coming into town. So congratulations on that. Another beatdown coming your way in terms of Vanderbilt. But, guys, that is what we learned in week six of college football action for the sec we'll have all the previews predictions uh, analysis betting tips everything you could want right here on southeastern 14 as we head into week seven guys make sure that you like subscribe turn on notifications check out chomps in the description below if you want a 15 percent discount on uh, some good uh, protein snacks whether it's beef venison turkey great flavors over there the jalapeno beef my favorite over there. We have a show with Tavares King and NoShawn Marino every Wednesday at eight thirty. Uh, so check that out. Eight thirty uh, Eastern, P- eight thirty PM Eastern, seven thirty Central. We'll go live with that on Wednesday nights. And then every single day, Chris Lee, uh, Gavin Schoenwald have a daily show. Blake Lovell is starting his basketball daily show today. So if there is any kind of SEC news. Notes coverage that you want this is the place for it, right here at Southeastern 14. And again, if you guys want to partner with us, you can hit up Caroline.Smith at Southeastern 14 for any kind of advertising opportunities that you would like to uh, utilize for this audience that is growing and growing uh, well, well over 150,000 unique viewers in the last month. And that's going up closer to the 200,000 uh, mark as we approach things, growing subscribers by the day so uh join in here with us make sure you're here every single morning and afternoon as well for sec coverage uh thank you so much for tuning in again hit that like button before you go i'm blaine gilmer this is southeastern 14 thank you so much and we'll catch you next time for more sec football coverage right here on southeastern 14